Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. I'm Caroline Brogan and it's Thursday 11th of August. This week we're discussing a paper that reports on how combining virtual reality and treadmill training helps to prevent falls in older adults better than treadmill training alone. I'm joined by Dr. Anat Mirelman from the Tel Aviv Suraski Medical Center in Tel Aviv, Israel. Dr. Mirelman, why are falls such a big problem among older adults and people with Parkinson's disease? Well, we know that falls are a leading cause of morbidity and mortality in older adults. The prevalence of falls is huge. With one out of every three adults age 65 and older will fall at least once per year, with approximately half of these fallers suffering from multiple falls in this period. These statistics are even higher in neurodegenerative conditions such as Parkinson's disease and in people with cognitive impairment. For example, studies have shown that uh, as much as 80% of people with Parkinson's disease fall each year, so many older adults are falling, and this is a really big problem. The consequences of falls are also huge, the most dramatic being an injury, the most common hip fractures, but this is relatively rare. However, even in the absence of fractures or any other injury, falls are often a cause for fear of falling that results in social isolation, in depression. People tend to not be as active, not leave the house, which in turn often leads to inactivity, muscle weakness, and impaired balance and gait, and even more falls. So in other words, we can think of falls as um, often as something that often starts a vicious cycle, which has many important negative health consequences. We also know that falls are associated with morbidity, and they also have a huge economic impact. With uh, many Western countries, the healthcare cost of falls is around 1% to 2% of all uh, dollars spent or um, economic growth. What interventions are currently available, and how common is it to use treadmills to help older people to prevent falls? So current interventions typically focus on improving muscle strength, balance, and gait. They might also check for other factors such as uh, vision and behavioral modifications. While studies using multimodality interventions have shown some success at reducing the risk of falls, uh, systemic reviews suggest that the reduction in fall risk is not huge. It's not large at all, maybe only on the order of 15 to 20%, and long-term uptake is also a problem. There's only a handful of pilot studies that have looked at using treadmill for improving gait and for reducing the risk of falls. However, in practice, a treadmill is usually used for acute rehabilitation or for aerobic training and rarely used in gyms with older adults, so it's not very common. What inspired you to add a virtual reality component to the treadmill exercises? So as I mentioned, for many years, age-associated changes in muscle strength, balance, and gait were viewed as the key factors that contribute to the risk of falls. However, more recently, we and also others showed that certain aspects of cognition are also critical to safe ambulation. There is actually a large body of work that shows that there is a component of both motor and cognitive function in falls. For example, people with Alzheimer's disease often fall almost to the same amount as people with Parkinson's disease, highlighting the cognitive component of uh, falls. This makes sense intuitively if we imagine that cognitive skills that we need to just cross a busy intersection or a street, we need to navigate through a crowd, make sure we don't trip on a curb or other obstacles, and maintain 
sufficient focus on our walking ability if we want to be able to cross without tripping or bumping into someone. These tasks require executive function, specifically planning, the ability to avoid obstacles, and the ability to perform more than one task at the same time. So our idea was that we can use virtual reality environment, non-immersive virtual reality environment, to safely train both the motor component, the gait aspect, and also uh, the cognitive components that are important for fall risk. We can also implicitly teach the participants to improve their strategy of walking and safe ambulation. So virtual reality actually enables us to do so in a safe environment, and it has also advantages of being a game-like training that encourages participants and encourages compliance. Our subjects were always very motivated to continue to do better and to avoid more obstacles and to perform better in the virtual environment. The virtual environment itself uh, can be matched so that the obstacle negotiation and the cognitive challenges um, are are matched, and they can also give feedback about performance to enhance the learning of new strategies of movement and simultaneously, as I said, address motor and cognitive aspects of fall risk that are crucial for safe ambulation. Could you please talk us through the virtual reality system? How does it work? The system includes a camera-based motion capture. We use a simple Kinect, an adapted simple Kinect, and a computer-generated simulation. The camera is used to capture the movement of the participant's feet while walking on the treadmill. And these images are then transferred into the computer simulation and projected to the participant on a large screen while training. So basically it enables the participant to see their virtual feet walking within the VR simulation. This provides the user a unique perspective and feedback of his gait or of his walking. The virtual environment component itself consists of a computer simulated environment of either a park or a city grid, which contains obstacles, pathways, and distractors that required continual adjustment of steps, planning, and navigation. And it required the participant to coordinate this with his walking behavior. The environment itself could be adapted, so the speed, the orientation, the size, the frequency of appearance, and the shape of the targets or the obstacles could be manipulated according to the individual needs and, of course, following the standardized protocol. And we could also change the environmental features, such as visibility and distractions, so that we can increase the training complexity. The virtual environment basically imposed a cognitive load requiring attention, response selection, as well as processing of a rich visual stimuli. The protocol of the study took into account the participant's performance while maintaining progression both on the motor and cognitive components of the training each week within the six weeks of the training. Although this is the largest randomized controlled trial of its kind so far, the sample of patients was quite small. What are the next steps in terms of research? We believe that the study has uh, important implication for implications for clinical practice. The adherence of the participants were very high. There were no serious adverse events, and the participants reported high satisfaction and enjoyment, and they were highly motivated to continue. We think that the next step is to show effectiveness, not just efficacy, as we showed in the study. And this should be done in a less confined research environment. The study showed 
that the, this type of training is effective and we, can, we think that it can be administered in community gyms and rehabilitation clinics for a broader population of older adults. There are also some interesting research questions that uh, remain, such as, for example, what are the cognitive components or changes that took place? What are the neural mechanisms at play? And if these gains can be sustained even longer, or perhaps can we adapt intensity and dosing and still show efficacy in a less constrained trial or less constrained environment? How would you see this intervention being used in the community? How cost-effective is it? We didn't do a health economic analysis. Uh, this was not performed as the main goal of the study was to evaluate the efficacy of the, of the training itself. However, the system used here is not significantly more resource intensive than treadmill training alone. It requires a computer, Kinect camera, and a screen. And so it's really not uh, very costly. Also, although this, in the study the training was performed with one-on-one -on -one supervision, we believe that such training could be administered in the community, in community gyms and rehabilitation clinics, even in nursing homes. And as the intervention is relatively short in term and uh, provided such a, an effect, we think that uh, a lot of people can benefit from it even people that don't have uh, multiple falls, um, but rather as a preventive measure. Dr. Anat Mirrelman, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you, Caroline. Much appreciated.